on the hour when we listen and gain our knowledge and power we turn to the no bullshit hour Let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. All right, all right, all right, everybody. It's a special Memorial Day program here on the No Bullshit News Hour. So this is your Friday show coming Wednesday. We figured we had to do it today. Today's the big news. Yep. We're gonna now. We're gonna tell you right now that. The state of Michigan has been tanking those nursing home numbers all along. They were counting them back last summer, realized, well, I don't know what they realized. The numbers were so high and then they stopped counting. So the state did a limited review of of all deaths, found about half of them they looked at, went back to the nursing homes and then they stopped doing it. So the nursing home numbers you're getting are simply the ones that the nursing homes are copying to. And that and that's it. So we're gonna have a roundup here with my good pal now and lawyer Steve DeLee from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. And this is big, get ready. We're gonna have the Norma Ray of nursing home nurses. What was what what, what do we call her? Jessica? Jessica. Jessica. Well remember nurse Jessica. She was had to keep her identity private, you know, for employment's sake and safety's sake. She's coming out. She's blowing the whistle. Her face, her name. It's time. We need the shit fixed. Also, remember we said uh, the governor's slush fund, that political slush fund, which took plane to Florida. We don't know who was on it. Who you know? Who cut the check? What was the purpose? Remember, we said we don't quit. I know there's Pizzagate. Yeah. But we oh, don't God. Yeah. Red went to the president of that sus- slush funds home. Sure did. Yeah. Sorry, it's been long and it's been hard. I'm 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 tired. And also, this is the Memorial Day weekend. This is also the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. Of which I was in New York. I covered that whole every day and all the life going on in that city every day. So we're going to start today, go back. I'm going to give you a reading from some of the work I did back then. So I hope you enjoy that. So this is what we're going to do since people don't really expect us on a Wednesday. And we're going to start doing two shows a week. We're going to let you know. But what I'm going to do, waiting for people to get notified, I'm going to just at the top give you a word from all of our sponsors. And we'll take care of it like that. Okay. So remember, it's really pretty simple. ADR consultants are the ones you call when you need to get something done right. And on time and on budget, are you an investor and can't get straight answers about uh, where your assets are or if your property is properly registered, right? Or if all of it, <laughs> the land bank is yeah, fighting oh with you. ADR. You call ADR. 
issues with the city, zoning, certification, ADR. You're trying to get something remodeled and need permits, you call ADR because they're honest, ethical, smart. Call Barry Ellentuck for a free consultation, 248-318-9424. Mention the no bullshit hour and tell me you need to get your shit fixed. Mm-hmm. Also remember, our good friends from American Coney Island. Love them. There will not be any Coney kids being shipped this week. It's Memorial Day. But it's open for business. It's done. You can come in. You can sit down. You don't have to have your mask. It's still the cleanest place. It is. I'm going to tell you how good these dogs are. How good are they? My dog My dog won't eat regular hot dogs. <laughs> what a snob. Yeah, he's, he's the only American. Hey, when, you, when you get the so, best. Yeah. People say, I wouldn't feed that to my dog. My dog <laughs> says, I won't eat anything but. And I love that boy. <laughs> so go to the corner of Michigan and Lafayette uh, for the original. The best. Vidalia onions. So, so I can go sit down and eat right now yes you can get a nice cold beer all the coolers are working it's beautiful <laughs> those wheels spinning in his head yeah, yeah there you go it's out of here <laughs> AmericanConeyIsland.com alright and uh, Hall Financial thank you thank you Hall Financial for sponsoring us you've been a great supporter everybody take your business to, to Hall what do we got what do I got to tell you about rates Oh, I think they're the lowest ever, and, and uh, they're staying low and, and slow down. Property values are going through the roof. So, yeah. look, if you've got a mortgage, the value of your house just went up. You can refi, get some of that, get some of the equity, and and fix the things you want to get fixed. Nothing to lose. Give them a call. Yep, that's it. So, go to davidhallmortgage.com or call 248-308-5000, davidhallmortgage.com. And finally, yes. My dear pal Luke Nowacki wants to remind you that if you're not among the ruling elite who can make your pal's pockets fat off the taxpayer's back, if you're actually working for a living, if you don't have a political slush fund to fly you to go see your daddy, right? You're going to have to provide for, you know, your own playing fair. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. You're going to need some extra money. Well, if you have a political slush fund, he could probably help that grow too. Uh, no, he don't play. Oh, okay. He ain't playing with the slush funds. Call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748. Grow your assets from annuities, individual retirement accounts, college savings plans, stocks and bonds. Get into the funds, the energy funds. Make that call now. Your politicians and your children are dependent on you. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. I just want to say right quick, make sure you share, share, share. The only way the information gets out there is if you share. A lot of important info today. Yeah. Viewers love your hat, Red. <laughs> to, 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 Detroit all the way. You know how we do it. Hi, Karen. Hey, Charlie. All right, let's get into it. All right, Steve. Let 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 me uh, let me start it this way. Let me let me just go to Deadline Detroit and read the article because it's look, it's thick. It's it's got numbers. It's got definitions. Really, get yourself knowledgeable because here it comes now. Right, right, Steve. Correct, Charlie. You remember what happened to Cuomo in New York? It's like that here. Cuomo knew the numbers and withheld them, and Michigan decided not to get the true numbers. Right, brother? That's correct. So what we what do we do? We shut down human activity based on data and science. Remember? Data, the most important data, where people were dying, we didn't have. That's worse than New York. Agreed? Uh, yeah, totally. Okay, look, it appears the state of Michigan is wildly undercounting COVID deaths in its long-term care facilities. 
A joint investigation by the No Bullshit News Hour and the Mackinac Center for Public Policy reveals that the state's Department of Health and Human Services does not scrub vital records to determine whether people who died of COVID were nursing home residents as its own guidelines require. Hmm. Moreover, our investigation found that the DHHS did conduct a limited review of those vital records last summer and found that 44% could be traced to nursing homes. Inexplicably, there is no indication that the Whitmer administration has ever made those uh, findings public. And, smoking gun, the health department has abandoned the practice because... because Why? I can't even imagine why they, you would stop. They told us... It's too time consuming. <laughs> wow. Am I wrong, Steve? They said it was too time consuming and uh, they lacked the resources. <laughs> so, so basically in a pandemic situation we've never dealt with before, collecting vital data and information was too time consuming. And didn't have the resources. Now, remember, the government sent the health department a half a billion dollars mm. to deal with this. Okay, now, now let's get one thing straight before I give you the next set of numbers. The health department workers are working their ass off. The epidemiologists are working their ass off. What we're finding, what happened here is America's fucked. COVID exposed it. Everything's fucked up. The roads are fucked up. The hospitals are fucked up. The nursing homes are fucked up. Our data collection, is, our unemployment center is fucked up. Exposed at all. We're the yeah. fucking Flintstones. So, <laughs> decades and decades of abuse to this system. Cut, cut, cut. Nobody watched. And now it caught us. There's that. And then there's this divisive, partisan, hyper-partisan political era we're living in. In the middle of that election. There's that too. Here's the, here's the next bit, folks. So here's the true number of deaths inside Michigan's elder care centers may never be known. But our analysis shows that the COVID death toll in these homes may be 100% more. So double. Wow. Double. Wow. Than what they're telling us. Uh, they, don't, they can say they don't have the resources or the money or whatever it is. It sounds like they just didn't have the will or desire to count them all for whatever reason. Steve. Yes. Okay, comment on that, what Mark just said. I, um. <sighs> A decision had to have been made at some point that it took too much time and it, and it was, I, I don't know what they mean by resources, I presume money, um, and that they couldn't afford to do that and do something else. Um, what that something else is, I don't know. Um, who made that decision, I don't know. Um, but given the, the large number of vital records that have been reported, um, this, is, this is an important aspect of the pandemic. Because it tells us this is how this data was necessary to shape the best policy. And it seems like they don't have it. Yeah, they don't. That's what they're telling us. Look, the data you're getting, right? The, the Look, there's about 19,000 deaths. I'm going to do it this way so when we're talking, everybody gets it. Let's call it 18,000 deaths, mm -hmm. 6,000 nursing home, okay? Yeah. We'll do that so because it's one, you know. Even numbers. Yeah, 18 divided by 6. We can do it in thirds. thirds. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, that number you're getting from the nursing homes, right? Um, that's reported on the state's page. Quote, does not include any data 
from Vital Records Review. Yes. Meaning, yeah. you know, they're, they're searching around the state. They find death certificates like this, mm -hmm. right? If they track it back to a nursing home, it's not even included. That's what they're saying right gotcha. there. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? Right, right Steve? Yeah, what they're saying is if you die in a hospital, we're not going to go back and look if it's a nursing home as your primary residence. Because of the resources and time. How much time does it take to go back and look? Let me do this. We're going to Please. Another quote from that limited review last summer. They looked at 1,500 of these records. And then stopped, yeah. 648 deaths came from a vital records review we did for deaths between uh, March and June confirmed Bob Wheaton, the spokesman for the health department. That is not a review that we are able to do regularly due to how time-consuming it is and the amount of resources we need to devote to this. Let me give you the last one, then we'll, we'll answer your question. Well, how do you do it? What, what exactly do you Yeah, what, what is a vital record how, how, how do you take it? What, what do you do? Okay, so here. Even when we do do the manual review that is needed to link hospital deaths to long-term care facility residents, the results are still substantially incomplete did you hear that even when we do do it it's substantially incomplete these are bullshit okay if the facility resident is transferred to a hospital and subsequently dies it can be difficult to tie that death back to a specific facility or to the fact that the individual was even a resident of a facility death certificates have a field for type of place of death like home uh er nursing home, long-term care facility, et cetera. Yeah. We, the health department, also capture the name of the facility if the death occurred in a facility. Meaning, if the nursing home report that they died in the nursing home. Yeah. Right, okay. The challenge has been identifying long-term care facility residents who are transferred to and die in hospitals since the death certificate lists where they actually died. Yeah, which is, that's the data you would want to know because people moving around, it's, that's pretty simple. Well, how did, how did they, that's exactly what happened in New York. Yeah. New York kept track. They knew where the nursing home people died. Right. They had a list. You died in the nursing home. You died at the hospital. They hid the hospital from the public. We know that because mm -hmm. they admit it and only gave you the nursing home does. That's what's going on with us. Wow. <laughs> and then so they do the vital records review to find those hospital deaths and where they were really well, from. They do, they do a vital records they, search. Search, right? okay. Just to find, you know, people that died in the past. And gotcha. then they go, oh, yeah, death certificate. Uh, hypoxic respiratory failure. Um, yeah, COVID. Right? COVID. Mm -hmm. Right? So that, that's how they do it. But watch this. Let me, let me do this and then I'll shut up and you guys go. On the death certificate, this is Clarence. Remember our friend Clarence? Yeah. The ward of the state, yep. the yeah. veteran, Clarence, place of death, Detroit Hospital. He died in a Detroit hospital. Place of residence, current residence. It's on East Grand Boulevard, <laughs> right? Uh, now, Stephen, you just Google the address. I actually know that facility. And it's a nursing home. Yeah. It, it took eight seconds. I was just, just yeah. going to say it didn't take very long at yeah. all. So He died there, so we, we can't really trace it. Why don't you just put that in the computer? And put so put the address in of where he lives. How many thousands of reviews? Well, let's say there's a thousand. So 8,000 seconds, is that's just too much time? We got 12,000 records out of 18,000 18, that haven't been reviewed. Oh, come on. Well, I'm not, no one's going to buy the not enough time. Not enough resources. They, there's just not the will to do it.
Karen, what's well, the fuck? Think about this too. We're in the middle of we were in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I don't know if we still are, but certainly the source of the disease, the virus, the infection yes. has yeah. some relevancy. You can't just yeah. dismiss it if, in fact, you are honestly trying to control it or impact it in a positive way. So that doesn't make any sense at all. It's bull- we shut down all human activity, and we're being. Remember when we were all going? What data? What science? What data? What science? We didn't have the the, the real data. We all look. The, There's also repercussions for the future next time something happens. Well, yeah, because the system's not being addressed. That's what this is like. You said COVID has brought it all to the to the forefront that the system is broke. And it's not being fixed. And that's really what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not here to assess blame, but we're going to find out who made the decision to stop counting. Absolutely. Right, because that makes no sense. The old, the sick, and the confined were the ones dying. We knew that. We Even if you want, they're currently reporting 30%, 29% of all deaths were these people. Could be 60, 70%. We don't know. But we never tracked. Right, so we don't know for sure now. Now let me let me let me do this. Jessica was director of nursing at a Downriver nursing home. She was in charge of tracking their patients in the facility, and when they went to the hospital, and what ends up happening to them. Okay, now she's going to give you her face. She's going to give you her name wow. because somebody has to be brave. And now that she's going to do it, the rest of you come back. Come on, don't be afraid. Everybody in this frame that you see or the voices you hear, we're not political. It's not about that. We want the best for we the people. We're our thing now because I can't believe in them. Every time you look, it's fucked up. Is she there, Joe? No, she's now dropped off. Uh-oh. Oh, the fuck's sake. I'm going to call her back. You guys yak. Yeah, go for it. Well, I want to say this too. People don't understand that they have gotten so used. And when I say they, I'm referring to the authority, the powers to be that's in charge of these things to just running along and doing whatever that they don't even know how to respond to somebody coming and getting the truth and being on their head and making they holding their feet to the fire. And that's how the system got broke and remained broke all this time. Well, like you said, too, in terms of, you know, the the pandemic, COVID brought a lot of things to the surface. These things were already broken. They were already not working for the majority of, you know, residents, both here in the city and in the state. But it brought it to the forefront. Now, if you make an adjustment that alters the perception of just how ineffective things are, then you really don't have a desire to address the issue at hand. And that's what has happened. We aren't going to fix it. We're going to make it look like it's really not as bad as it is. Steve, did you, was there anything jumped out to you as a surprise in this battle to get these numbers that you felt was really kind of unusual? Um, I suppose it was unusual to learn that it was this straightforward. Um, and what I mean huh. by that is the question is a relatively simple question, which is if someone dies in a hospital, do you then go back to look if they're in a nursing home? Um, I, it took some time to, to get an answer to that question, but it, 
it's a fairly simple question. And once the answer was given, I'm, I was kind of surprised that no one else had, I guess, asked or had published that before that's a, um, until Charlie did on, on Deadline Detroit. Well, that's incredible. So no will to keep going back at these uh, record reviews. And it seemed like it was pretty easy to get this information. So I think it wasn't easy. That's the other outrage. Look, you know, predictably, Steve and I, you know, getting shelled from some corners. We had a fucking suit of government. Nobody joined us. Yeah. We went through it and through it and through it. Couldn't believe what we saw. We asked. we, We bent over backwards. Fuck it. You want to attack me? Attack me. Hey, directors, where's Jessica? Put her up there. Her real face, Joe. God damn it. See, Mark, I told you. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Relax, Charlie. Hey, why? <laughs> the fucking tell me to relax. That's what everybody's saying. Calm I don't down. Care. They we're here. They're with you. Nobody's leaving you. Uh, but don't tell me it. what to do. <laughs> you don't fucking live you. in it. You're not up to three in the morning. You're not. Come on. I can't believe it. You're not living my life. You sit at home and you yak and you put memes up. This I yeah. this, this is Jennifer Lorraine. She is a registered nurse. She was the director of nursing at the lodge in Taylor. You want to know I'm so bent out of shape? Listening to her. The fucking shit she went through. The, 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 you're brave, Jennifer. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Good to be here, Charlie. Are you afraid to be on, Jennifer? No. <laughs> Why? Um, because I think that we all just want the answer as to... Um, what's the true numbers and why were we reporting if they just stopped collecting data? Because we didn't really have resources to do it either. Okay, go, let me go like this. Look, this, this is nothing on the, the Lodge of Taylor because they honestly gave the state the numbers because mm-hmm. you were the one tracking it. Tell us what you did and then end up telling us how many you reported to the state. So what is it you would do when you were tracking the residents who had COVID? Okay, once um, we became a hub, and I assume this was with all the hubs and um, possibly all other nursing homes, is there was a spreadsheet that we listed each resident, um, what demographics, like their birth date, um, what day did they come in, and if they were COVID positive, and if they went to the hospital, we would update it to say they went to the hospital, and if they died at the facility or if they died at the hospital we updated that too um so we send it with each new covid positive case and then on friday there was this cumulative um documents that we sent that had information about all the departments housekeeping laundry kitchen to make sure things were being you know sanitized and done so that they could check um, that we were doing all the things that um we be doing. And how did you send them? Was there a, like a, a central um, facility or forgive, forgive the comparison, a hub where you would put the information or like, how would you compile it and who would you send it to? We compiled together as a nursing team administration and, an, and a representative at the state. So you would send it in a spreadsheet to a, a person assigned to you at the state. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. So there's a fuck up right there. Like how they how, have it. Mm -hmm. how old is that process? Like we, we don't have a central mm -hmm. place at that time where you everybody loaded in the information. It's important to say the state was never given us any death data until June. The governor with her pen never required it at all in those executive orders. At all. Okay, so Jennifer, you left the Lodge and Taylor, one of the so-called hubs. You left in June, right? Right. Of 2020. Well, I guess it's not in um, June. June. Yeah, that's right. Okay. How many people did you notify the state had died at, at one of its hubs? It was somewhere in the 20s. It was 22, 23, 24, somewhere in there. And the only reason I remember that is because when I looked, you know, we were all kind of looking at these spreadsheets that were on the state website that was counting how many deaths we had and knowing other people in the industry, it was like, well, are they just behind or because that's not actually like real time numbers. Okay. And I looked this morning, you want to know how many deaths are reported cumulative as of this morning? How many? 14. Oh. So watch, watch folks, watch math. Remember 44% of these vital records yeah. that they did back in June? The ones they had to stop. Go them. back to the nursing home? Yeah. She's saying 42% of the deaths in her hub that she knew of at that time disappeared. <laughs> Where are those deaths? How do you explain that? Because the state's not doing its job. Yeah. Okay, so we got bullshitted. So the governor gets to accept uh, an award from the Kennedy Library today for courage. Wow. I don't know the governor did this. I don't know if the bureaucracy knowingly did i don't know i don't know who put a stop to this somebody did but here's the thing with the politics already it's no season for awards uh, this, that's a great point this hasn't yeah. shaken out yet stay out of our shit well and let us do it remember cuomo accepted a, an emmy and wrote a book in the middle of all of it and look how that blew up in his face and so. and nobody nobody in media wanted to challenge him and it took it took the new york state attorney general to point this out Ours is probably worse than New York's, right? Madam Attorney General Nessel, you said there's no grounds for an investigation. Well, I think there is now. I think there is now. And I'm not saying it's a criminal investigation. Somebody needs to go through all 19,000 of these death certificates and plug them in. Do you think it's possible, Steve, to do that? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that can be done via Excel. I think there's plenty of different ways to do that. And... You know, it's, I'm not going to say it's not going to take a little bit of time, but it needs to be done. How about a partnership with one of the universities? You know, I mean, students that may be in epidemiology or something, you know, that could align a partnership with their right, Lansing, Michigan State University, or, you know, some other university in the state to help comb through that data. I think that would be an amazing partnership and project. That's not bad. And remember, remember, I told you the reports on the nursing home response. And they said they were pretty good, yeah. right? They no worse than anybody else. And I said, there's an asterisk in there, and it said more data needed. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. So, so what that is So now. I got a better idea, Karen. Yours is a good idea. Why don't the Republicans get off their ass? What's it? The Senate Majority Leader, Mike Shirky, mm -hmm. going to rallies with, like, right-wing nuts who want to kidnap the governor. Dude, you got the power of the purse. I'm not hearing shit from you. I know you're palsy-palsy up there. With the opposition party. How about y'all get together, right? 
put some money in this, get the numbers, figure it out, and fix the fucking nursing homes. I agree with that, and I like Karen's idea, but honestly, it is the fucking job of the attorney general to run an investigation like this. Isn't it her? Isn't it really ultimately fall on her? Steve, do you think it falls on her? I, I think there's plenty of people who can do it. And to be honest with you, I think they all need to be involved. Um, you know, Charlie just mentioned the Senate. Um, I think the, the House can be involved in this. I think the governor's office can be involved in this. And I think the attorney general can be involved in this. Um, this, this isn't a partisan thing at, at this point. It's uh, something went wrong and we need to figure out how it went wrong, why, and how it doesn't happen again. Let, let me do this. You're there, Jessica, right? I mean, yeah. Gen Jennifer. <laughs> um, how hard was it for you? I mean, now let's do this. Let's get, fuck politics. I, I think we all know that. How, how hard was it on you? Well, it was hard on the whole team. It was um, obviously something that you can't prepare yourself for, and each day brings so many new stresses, um, you know, and then, you know, there's people that you've been taking care of for so long that, you know, the whole home environment was gone. It was just, you know, um, something I hope to never go through again, but it was hard. It was, it was hard on everybody. It was hard on the, the residents, it was hard on the loved ones, it was hard on the staff. It's still not easy, but... What's it, know, what's it, what does it look like when somebody's dying of COVID? Well, you can see it coming. You know, you it just happens so quickly. Um, you know, the, the fever was for most of the elderly because, you know, they... That was typically their first sign because they can't really tell you, some of them, that, how they feel. And once that fever, they were already, you know, starting into sepsis and so forth. And so that's why we tried to get people to hospital as, as quick as we could, which is why the numbers, um, that's why the numbers are important because, you know, we didn't want them to die. So the best place for them to be was in the hospital. So we tried to get them out as fast as we could. So can I ask you something more on the uh, uh, mental state side of all of this you 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 worked through that you and your team y'all witnessed all this death you seeing that they're not handling their business on the state end with the numbers do you think anybody is gonna suffer some emotional or pts type d behind seeing all this and pts type not, d well well <laughs> i mean it's just a new one right right i was trying to say you know something along that line yeah are you guys suffering mentally um, well, personally for me, since, um, I've been in nursing 40 plus years, I've been able to take a break from being a director of nursing and still be in healthcare and nursing homes doing something different. But, you know, that was my final year of being able to work in that capacity anymore. Um, a lot of people have quit a lot of, you know, it's hard to get people back in, um, this profession and take care of people so i would have to say ptsd i think my son told me i have ptsd um during the time every day was you know um there was a lot of tears said amongst all of us uh, mm. overall jennifer though you feel that you know some of these deaths weren't fully counted from your facility and you alluded to the fact that you've talked to other people 
and other facilities, and they it, it's across the board a similar situation? Yes, across the board. Um, everybody that I've spoken to has said there was more people um, that died than was recorded on any, you know, um, public site. Um, I know a place, a uh, nurse told me, like, it's like the, the body counts 40, 45 people higher than it's being reported. I'm going to see if I can get her to come on. But last last thing, Jennifer, I'll let you go. Um, this was a hub. And we were promised yeah. that you could put positive patients and perfectly healthy residents in the same building if you created a separate wing and you did the protocols. Did, did that happen? Is that Was that even possible? Um, well, when we became a hub, we did have one designated a part of the building that was for COVID um, positive that were coming in or that um, had become uh, COVID positive on the long-term side, and then they would go to the designated hub part of the building. But, you know, you have people who are in, on the other side who are getting COVID. So, you know, whether it's from staff or, or where, you know, um, they were still positive, so it's difficult to, you can't see it, once you see it coming, it's already there, and, and the roommates or other people have already gotten it. So what so, I'm asking yeah. you, what I'm asking you, okay, is put them in another part of the building, is that sufficient to stop the spread? No. Did you have separate staff only for the COVID people, like separate kitchen porters, separate nurses, separate orderlies? Um, we used the same kitchen. There was uh, cleaning down of um, the how the food was transported to the other side and then how it came back to the kitchen. Um, designated personnel for just those people. Um, if you're asking that if staff didn't have to work in different parts of the building, I'm sure that happened everywhere because yep. we only have so many staff. Yep. Same ventilation system throughout? Yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, the whole industry, and I hate to call nursing care or nursing homes or ALL um, an industry, but, you know, we, we function, we take care of people, we need people to take care of people. Well, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to move on here. I think you're the first director of nursing in this country to step forward and say something. And I really admire you for that. Your name is Jennifer Lorraine, and you are an American. You are, I admire you. I'm with well, you. Well, I thank you for everything that you're doing, Charlie, because, you know, I've heard people say it a hundred times, nobody else is doing this, and you've said nobody else is doing this, but what I think um, uh, Mark might have said, or that, what do we do if it happens again? <laughs> are we just going to make the same mistakes because we didn't learn the first time? And why weren't we prepared for a pandemic as the nation or as a country, as the world? Because right? we do have a tendency to do that. We just move right been. along. Mm-hmm. It That's was true. always win. Uh, no. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. How about that? Oh, right, let's give her a hand. Yes, I mean, definitely. I mean, that, that is a profile in courage. Not only the work she did, because remember, we were all scared shitless. I know Steve, 
was was outside rubbing his shoes and rubbing alcohol and all of his grapes one at a time. He's giving him the Clorox. You know he was. You know he's scared shitless. I mean, because he could use lose a couple pounds. I mean, you know. He, what? Fair. 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 <laughs> all right. Listen, Steve, man. Um, it's probably, I don't know, if it, how, how's the reaction? It's all right with you so far? I mean, because. Yeah, I mean. It's it's a lot like we've talked through um, and, and we've talked a lot. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the quotes that you gave, I'm, I'm struggling to read in a different way. And I have been the, the entire time. I don't know how it ended up to this point. Um, but the important thing now is figuring out what the numbers actually are and then making sure, as you just said, that in the future, this doesn't happen again. Because the um, materials be were given, lesson that carries forward. The materials we received in our settlement don't point in any other direction. That's it. Can, can I ask Steve? Uh, Steve, let me ask you a question. Do you think without an investigation, this problem will get fixed here with the nursing without, home and long-term with, care? Without any kind of investigation? Yes. Probably not. Um, and, and again, to clarify, as Charlie said, I don't mean a criminal investigation. I, I literally mean somebody needs to go look at, at what we have here and figure it out. Oh, and, um, and we're going to do, we're going to do our own. We're going to find somebody had to make a decision to stop counting. Yeah. Right. Well, we're going to find out. And here, I'll, we're going to move on, but I got to give this to you, Karen. Here's the government for you. you guys remember TCF, the field hospital, mm -hmm. Cobo Hall that we never used. I don't know why. Right, they had the super ventilation system mm. and and the scuba suits and everything. I sent the same exact Freedom of Information Act to the state and to the city of Detroit. Same one. I'm requesting, yeah. you know, you know, any verbiage, any conversations, any transcripts of why you you shut it down, mothballed it, hiatus, etc. The state said, okay, that's going to cost you five hundred and seven dollars. $507. Yeah, to, okay. get, to get the email because they're going to have to go through them sure. and you know, make sure nobody's addresses in there. Yeah. We okay. know how tight they are with time and resources. Right. Very, very, very same, <laughs> very same uh, FOIA to the city of Detroit. Exactly. Oh, boy. I can't, okay. $17,995. You got to be shitting me. $18,000. You got to be shitting me, man. So, Detroit so you says, know that's used as a deterrent. Yeah, you know that. That is. is used as a deterrent, um, you know, for you to say, hey, that's too much money. And then at some point for some media outlets, they get the attorney involved and it goes back and forth. It's It buys time uh, and, and it is a deterrent. That's it. So, folks, if you if you might, we have a donate button or something. <laughs> yeah, we need seventy. Send more stars. See the fix the shit T-shirts. <laughs> Order that. You know what I mean. We'll, we'll ship it to you. We'll, we'll take that money, and we will spend the uh, five hundred dollars to get it from the state. <laughs> Fuck the city. I think the deterrent would work better if it wasn't such an unrealistic number. Oh, my God. But two things I just want I want people to remember. You keep saying if this happens again, it's going when? to. Yeah. They're, they're, because yeah. they're saying, oh, you're going to need a booster. We're gonna. They're already planning for another round or, or whatever. And we only respond to what we're being told. If you notice, reporting of the COVID numbers and talking about it continues to move further and further yep. down oh, the yeah. line in terms of what's being talked about. So just pay attention, people. Seriously, pay attention. Yeah, you know what? Here's the other thing. Okay, whether like we get our pandemic response together, that's not the point here. Realize how bad our technology system is. Yeah. Our data collection, right? 
Mm-hmm. The, the, like, remember, you couldn't get your unemployment check mm-hmm. because our our system was antiquated. System yeah. just doesn't work. So, what? How much money are they sending us? Ten billion dollars? Yeah. Put some money we'll into see. the damn yeah. computers, like that you pretended we had. I'm gonna I, guess that they true. don't. I never told but you. This, this is 2021. We should have that. It's not like it's, you know, brain surgery. I mean, it's pretty simple stuff. Everything else is expedited through technology. Why isn't this? Oh, my God. What were you going to say? If you got to certify your unemployment on an itch a sketch, maybe it's time to update your <laughs> shit. Right. And, you know, again, the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. Thank you for being my lawyer, Steve. And it is about public policy. And we're not the bad guys. I'm just an independent dude. You you all know I've been doing this for a year. You know I've been picking up bodies in the nursing homes. You know I'm in the jailhouse. You hear what that? Nursing homes, jailhouse. That's where I hang out. Not the Capitol building. Not City Hall. And there's nothing wrong with asking questions. I'm for the people, man. I'm for, I'm for Jennifer. Yeah. That's that's my man. And not only that, you bring in the people to let their voice be heard. Along with the work you're doing. So it's not like Charlie just sitting up here making this stuff up, then run out, do a couple of zany things. He's actually talking to people that's in the trenches. And these folks are coming forward so that everybody can be helped. Now, speaking of zany things, remember we told you, uh, you know, I, I know the governor had a bad week again. Pizzagate. <laughs> she went and had pizza with her pals. Hungry Howie's a little Caesar. It's amazing how quick she copped to it and uh, said, "Oops, sorry, it's a mistake." As opposed to maybe other things that she didn't cop to. And then, and then, but, but she posed for a picture. Like you know, this this wasn't like somebody snuck and took the picture. That picture was posed, so somebody took the picture and posted it, shared it, whatever. It's not the sharpest tool in the shed, Karen. I don't that know wasn't you. very smart. <laughs> it wasn't all. me. Yeah. So you know, in the very next day, yielding to pressure, this. Six feet apart in a restaurant. No, you you know if you've got four kids or five kids, you can't all sit at a table together. Only six at a table. Yeah, that's all gone. I told you it was over. But we don't get lost in PizzaGate, Steve. <laughs> we stay on stuff because this is a real news organization. Remember, remember FlightGate. <laughs> remember that one way back like a week ago. All the way back like a week ago. I mean, this is out of the news cycle. Hey, oh. Not, not for us. Okay, you got a slush fund paying $27,000 for a flight that the governor hitchhiked on mm. and paid $855 for her seat. Well, what was the slush fund doing? Who was on the plane? Who was doing official business for the slush fund? Who was on the plane? Who was on the plane? Well, you know, I, I, I got... Come on, man. I've been told, but I, I you know, I've been I told. But, you know, were you having a pizza party down in Florida? It's possible. Maybe then she'll admit it. Right? Now, and we do know whose plane that was when you went to the inauguration, that gift. So, we said we're going to keep following up. We deserve that answer. So, Red got the address of the president of the slush fund called Michigan Transition 2019. And he went to ask some questions. Sure did. Okay, let's roll this. All right, this is your boy, comedian Detroit Red. We're about to go see if we can talk to Miss Lisa Canate Canada, who ran Whitmore's uh, transitional fund and paid uh, for it out to Jess. Let's see if we can go talk to her. Let's go. Well, 
We had a uh, man come to the door and look out, and he immediately turned around. I think I see him as Canada. People head around the corner to look towards the door, but nobody's answering of as yet. But we do know they're home. So I came back the next morning. I think I see Miss Canada just hit the door and then turn around. <laughs> well, I came back the very next morning. Apparently, Miss Canada don't want to answer none of these questions we got for. Like, who was on the plane? Did y'all actually have a check that's been cashed? And when do you charter private jets from a company that don't charter trips? <laughs> What's funny to me is, is they have no problem with doing the bullshit that they do. But when you try to get answers, they never want to answer you. So I guess I won't be getting no answer from yet another person in power that's done apparently did some shit they wasn't supposed to be doing. But you know, that's how I go. And that's why I'm out here doing this. Hey, this is your boy, comedian Detroit Red, NBN News, straight from the porch, Elisa Canada. Deuces! Now, that's the thing. Sorry, because there was a good bit in there, Mark. We, we, we edited fast because we're... What did I cut out? Like him, go, him, him actually going, hey, hello, hey, guy. It, you know, in the, in the the first day. And then you cut out. What? Red goes, well, you know, they won't be here today. And then he says, maybe this morning. So, like, he, he went yesterday and then this morning. Yeah, two days. This is a two-day venture. My first journalistic uh, stakeout. Uh, and and, and it was in an affluent neighborhood. So, I was a little nervous because <laughs> <laughs> my weed smells like, <laughs> car smells like weed. But, anyway, it, it was interesting. Uh, sh the first day, I, I assume it was the husband. Halfway to the door, he saw me with the mic. He went back to the kitchen. Well, they I, had seen, a, I, I seen him speak to her, and she looked around the corner from around the wall, looked, and you could see her nod her head like, I don't know who the fuck this is. And they both disappeared, and I stayed out there a couple more minutes. And so then I went back this morning to see if I could do, uh, you know, catch, catch her on her way to making a living or work. And as uh, soon as she saw my face. She disappeared off to the side. Then we saw her appear up in the top window on a tablet. Mm. And once I saw the tablet, I said, it's time to get the hell out of here. I don't want to deal with the police. Well, they have a ring, so they have you on, on yes. tape and on camera. There's nothing. So. No, that's I'm knocking on the door. Yeah. yeah. They, yes, they do have Look a ring. That. Look at that. Come out. I'm just surprised with a ring doorbell that he didn't try to talk to you. Because they don't want to talk to anybody right now. You know, if someone Maybe comes here. He wasn't your... charged. Maybe the battery was dead. <laughs> oh, here's the deal, though. Uh, good job, Red. Yep. Thank really. you. It's like, you know what? You know, comedian Detroit Red. Because the rest of the report, reporting on this is a joke. It really is. It's like they don't want to know. We want the answer. It's their right to know. Good good, good work. I, Thank you. Look at that. Fuck, they're running from comedian Detroit Red. I'd answer the door if he came to me. Yeah. As they should. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the funny part, the husband came out this morning. And, and, you know, I've never really done this before. So The, the wall check bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, hey, hey, guy, oh. all the shade. Just, <laughs> hey. So I'm thinking, should I talk to him? I'm like, no, that's not who I want to talk to. 
And he he purposely would not look at the car. And I know he recognized me because I'm literally sitting on the curb at the house next door. You probably left because you showed up. You didn't want to deal with you. Okay. Well, look. Better government, right? Karen, Karen? Yes. I'm going to give you the last word before I give you a little reading of mine from 20 years ago from the, the time of 9-11. Do you think, really, I mean, be honest, do you, th- you think we're ever going to be able to fix any of this shit? I think we could. I think that those who could fix it don't want to, and as a result, will not, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's too... It's, it, it's, it, it's too beneficial for them not to. And there's not a level of accountability that will make them or force them to buckle under and, and do right. Sure, everybody runs from you. Everybody runs from red. But, you know, they can navigate and circumvent, you know, those things enough. I just encourage people to, you know, st- start asking their own questions, demand accountability and stop just believing just what you hear. Think about what you're not hearing. Think about what you're not seeing and ask yourself why. Like, why is it so difficult to do the right thing? It's not. And ask why they don't want to do it and why they won't. Yeah. Hey, right on. Um, I'm sorry for yelling at everybody. It's all good, Charlie. We are not sensitive. It's okay. <laughs> we, we really don't pay you that much attention. We just act like we do. But you, so, somebody said, you know, they said, Karen, you're a strong woman. You know, we know Charlie's not. Charlie's not a bad person. He's good what? to the core. If Charlie were disrespectful or a mean person, I wouldn't be here. I would not put up with Charlie's what? crap. But Charlie is a passionate person and it comes from a good place. Yes. So he's all right. What and we know doing? that. And we, we accept him for him. He's all good. I don't have any problem with you yelling because I was yelling uh, at myself on the inside. That's you eternalize <laughs> everything. I don't have no problem with you yelling because I'm married and learned how to tune that out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, look, man. You know, all right. This is. Um, It's called The Harbor Light Stays On. The stranger walked into the Harbor Light pub and was met with stares. Gloomy, downcast eyes dressed in black. The stares themselves were not an odd thing. Most strangers who walk through the doors are usually given the once-over. This is not a bar stranger. It's fine by chance. It's at Beach 129 and Newport Avenue on the Rockaway Peninsula, 12 miles and a world away from Manhattan. The men who grew up on the peninsula's western tip lean toward two careers, finance or the fire department. Those who pick finance are often the sons of firefighters whose fathers have discouraged them from the job, thinking Wall Street would be safer. Two weeks ago, on September 11th, when the jet, first jet plowed into the offices of Cantor Fitzgerald, an international bond firm in the World Trade Center, people found out just how dangerous the world of high finance could be. About 90 people from the West End of the peninsula died in the attacks. Both stockbrokers and men from the fire brigade. Most of the bodies have not been recovered. In the harbor light, the quality of the eyes was noticeable. They were hard, almost hostile stones belonging to people who had just returned from a memorial or a wake or the couch of a widow. Hardly a word was spoken there the other afternoon, though the place was doing a brisk business. There was no champagne or expensive wine. Just beer and liquor chased with the silence of human companionship. Photographs from the owner's days in the fire department hung on the stucco walls. Food was frying on the grill. An unwelcome light poured in through the large plate glass window. The owner's name is Bernie Heron. His son Charlie worked on the trading desk at Kenner Fitzgerald. 
I lost my son and I got 50 funerals to go to, Mr. Heron said. I don't feel anything. The far bar fell back into the soundlessness except for the television, which broadcast, among other things, a commercial for the good American life. It was an ad about sailboats and blondes and bikinis and surefire methods to stop hair loss, if it were only hair loss. They figure 40 people from the immediate neighborhood died, and if you trace a finger along the web of friendship, the losses multiply into the hundreds, perhaps thousands. The stranger eventually spoke. Excuse me, sir, he asked the morose-looking man who stared into his glass. Can you tell me where the church is? The man raised his head without taking his eyes from the glass. Right out there, he said, and motioned toward the window with his chin. Just look for the priest. Happy Memorial Day. Oh, oh, oh. 